Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Inspiration Board, a podcast dedicated to sharing artists who inspire me and have them share their own stories and inspirations. My name's Kalise, and I am the host of this podcast. For this week, we had the amazing Jack Kirkman. Jack is a Seattle-based story artist, 2D animator, and an animation instructor at DigiPens Institute of Technology. I had so much fun talking with Jack, and I just can't wait for you to hear what he has to say. So I'm just going to stop talking, and I'm going to let us get right into this episode. Hi, Jack. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm so excited to talk with you again. It's been way too long. Yes, it really has. Oh, man. Well, I'm so excited for people to get to know you and your art and your work and i was wondering if you want to give like a small introduction about yourself at all sure um hello my (laughs) name is jack uh i am an animator and art maker person currently based in seattle uh and i like to make drawings that make people happy and make me happy so um but currently working as a art instructor so yeah that is me that's super exciting. And I do have to say your art does make people really happy. It makes me happy. <laughs> I see your comics and they make me laugh all the time. I love it. I'm so glad. <laughs> well, just like as you said, uh, you do a lot of different things. What I love about you and your work and yourself as an artist is that you're very versatile. You're constantly working on a variety of different works from making merchandise for conventions to organizing fanzine projects working on animations, and like you said, you're currently teaching at DigiPen Institute of Technology as an instructor for art and animation. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Cool. And just based off of that, I wanted to ask, what has it been like for you to work on so many different projects during your artist career so far? Um, it's been really cool. I mean, like, I like a lot of different things, and it's really nice to have the opportunity to be able to try and kind of dabble in all those things and try a very large uh, range of stuff and sort of figuring out like, what is my favorite stuff? Like, what do I want to do more of? Or like, what are new things that I want to try and just exploring all the things I can possibly do. It's very fun. That sounds super fun. Another thing I want to add is that your work is bright, colorful, and full of energy. And whenever I see your work, I can tell just how much you enjoy making it. And I know you like drawing things that you enjoy. And I want to ask based off of that, how important is it to you to prioritize making art that you enjoy while also balancing projects for your work? Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of my art is driven by like what I'm passionate about, like everything I want to create because like I enjoy doing it and then it makes me happy. Um, And I feel like it's important to make work that is like genuine to you as an artist Um, instead of trying to like make stuff like what do people want to see from me right like I want to make stuff for myself that will then therefore other people enjoy because they're not going to enjoy it as much if I'm not being genuine about it Mm -hmm. Um, and so like I don't know it's been kind of tricky to find that balance of like how much freelance do I want to take on and how much of my personal projects do I want to take on and currently like with my um art instruction job like part of the reason why I wanted it was because it's sort of separate from just making art right it's kind of a different like type of skill um and so I'm hoping that in my like professional work I can focus on art instruction so I have more 
like motivation outside of work to work on my own personal projects and kind of do whatever I want. Whereas when I was doing a lot of freelance, I sort of lost that balance, right? It, I was spent so much time making work so I could pay my rent that I kind of <laughs> lost the time to just make stuff that made me happy. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's all about finding that balance of like, what, what do I really want to put my time into? So there's no way I cannot bring this up. Uh, you kind of got a little bit of a social media following, um, not only on Instagram, but on, <laughs> but also um, just a little bit, like maybe you're a bit TikTok famous, if I can say that. Uh, specifically, there's a TikTok. I, I have to bring this up. Uh, it's, uh, it's a My Hero Academia TikTok, and you animated it. It's a, one of the characters, Kirishima. Like, yes. <laughs> how do I explain it? He's, like, flexing his pecs, and he's got, like, googly eyes where his nipples are supposed to be. And it's based yes. off of this other TikToker's video. And he saw it, right? Yeah, he did. Uh, he actually saw it pretty. I think that's part of the reason why it kind of blew up because he like reposted it and made everyone, all his little followers, look at it. And I was like, <laughs> oh geez. Well, it's perfect in my opinion. I love it. The whole social media following. I, there's something I do have to ask. And, and how has social media affected your art career? Would you say it has a huge impact, or would you say as a minimal? Um, I definitely think it has a big impact. Um, like for. A while so I, I took a gap year um to kind of just like stop going to school and spend time on making stuff and I spent a lot of time on social media because that was kind of like where the community existed so it's like here's a bunch of people that I are also interested in the same stuff that I'm interested in and I can post my stuff and have people look at it and sort of have that sense of community um that I was sort of missing out on by not going to school or not like working in an office or something, you know? Um, So it was really nice to have that like space to put my stuff out there and have people look at it and also take inspiration from the other stuff that I was seeing. Um, And it also for a while was kind of like my job, Uh, (laughs) like in in doing conventions and like working as an independent artist, right? A lot of it is advertising yourself and like getting your stuff out there. Um, So, yeah, but now I now I like it more for just personal use. <laughs> I've taken a little break from working as a social media influencer. <laughs> <laughs> taking taking a bit of a break to being um, the number one anime fan art influencer, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a trophy, and it says exactly that. <laughs> oh, perfect! I'm so glad uh-huh. I know your title. Uh, yes. I think that's actually how we met, right? Did I, I think I met you at a convention or something? I, or like, was it Anime I, Expo? No, I think we were following each other on Instagram and then met at a convention through like talking online. Yes. Oh, yeah, you're right. I did. I think I DM'd you. I was like, hey, are you tabling? Can I say hi? It was like awkward yeah. about it. But yes, yeah, I, I, I do have to agree. Like that is a great way for um, connection and social media is like a good use of networking and you know, I did actually talk about this with a previous guest, Gabby Zapata, about how social media has gotten this sort of invisible pressure to make things for other people and constantly, yeah. you know, make out work and never stop, even though people clearly have burnout. Uh, 
based on your experience, you know, in the past, you saying that you kind of struggled with um, making personal work and not just for, you know, social media. How would how did you find that to deal with burnout best way? Let me rephrase that. That sounded weird. (laughs) Based on your past experiences, uh, how have you dealt with burnout? Yeah, I mean, it's I feel like dealing with burnout is not something that is just resolved ever. It's kind of like something that's always going to be a threat. You're always (laughs) fighting to like not burn out, right? So I feel like I don't know, it's gonna vary from person to person. But for me, it was like, making sure I put in the time of like, this is gonna be when I'm not thinking about work. And like I said, it's always a threat. It's always like, (laughs) a challenge to be like, stop thinking about stuff for a while and go do something else. And like, Mm -hmm. taking the time to relax. um, And also, like, navigating the career path like is my job encouraging like a healthy balance of like work and personal stuff uh or is it not and sort of like figuring out exactly like I said earlier like where exactly do I want to spend my time and like what is the best use of my time Mm -hmm. um so yeah I don't know I feel like it it, it's it's such a challenge that everybody has to deal with um, mm-hmm. especially when it's something you're so passionate about, it's very easy to get, what's it called? Like passion fatigue. Oh like, yeah. Oh, I, lo- mm-hmm. I love this thing, right? I could do it forever. And then you're like, no, I actually cannot do it forever. Exactly. And you have that crisis of like, if I don't have this passion forever, what's going to happen. Right. Exactly. I feel like I've built so much of my identity around it. And all of a sudden I'm like, I want to do something else. <laughs> so it's very strange. Well, I think we also, in the past when we hung out, we had a, a conversation. I think you were talking about like some out, outside hobbies that you were working on, mm-hmm. um, you know, outside of work and art and personal stuff. What are some hobbies you found very useful to you that have helped you not only grow as an artist, but as a person? Yes. Um, I hate to say this, but I love exercise. <laughs> I love working out. Oh, my um, God. You're a gym bro. Yeah, it's disgusting. Um, no, yeah. it's not. Don't say that. <laughs> I know. I'm just joking. Uh-huh. I'm actually very enthusiastic about exercise. But yeah, I like, I've been like jumping rope and like lifting weights and like running and like hanging out with my dog. Like she also <gasps> likes exercise. Love so, pickles. Yeah, I love pickles. Um, and like, it's, it's kind of like a win-win situation where it's like, I win in that I have a hobby that I like, but it's also a very healthy hobby. So Mm. it's like good for your mental health. It's good for your physical health. It's also good for like the work-life balance. So I'm glad I can get into it, but I know it's not for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you found something that works for you. Get that Mm -hmm. dopamine, right? I know. I'm like, give me the brain chemicals. (laughs) They're free. (laughs) Give me the happy brain chemicals. Yes. So this was a project I was fond of that you worked on. Uh, Last year during Pride Month, you showed on Instagram that you worked on a music video for Mary Prankster for her music video called Sweet Beat. And I kind of wanted to add that you actually um, collaborated with your partner and 
fiance Mercedes. Yes, now fiance. That's so cool. Uh, <laughs> they were a color artist, right? Uh, they just did the coloring work for me. So, so you animated and they did the color work. Uh, yes. That must have been super special for you, huh? How special was this project to get to work on with your now fiance? Yeah, um, I mean, it was special for a lot of reasons. It was kind of one of the like first. It might actually be the first like freelance like animated video I actually worked on. Oh wow. Um, yeah. Um, and it sort of like sparked my interest in like, oh, I want to do more music video stuff. Like I actually really like this. Um, so it's special in that way. It was also special because it's a song about like loving yourself for being trans and like no matter who you are. And I'm yes. like, oh, that's very relevant to my life. <laughs> um, it, it was also relevant at the time because I like completed it like my deadline to complete it was my like top surgery date because i would be like bedridden right so i'm uh -huh. like i have to finish it before then so it was like <laughs> extra relevant in that aspect oh wow um, and yeah also getting to work on it with mercedes was a treat it's like it all ties in together and then releasing it for pride month it's just like layers and layers it's the cherry on top exactly um, so yeah, that was a really nice project to work on. And I was very happy uh, working with Mary and working with Mercedes, all just a good positive experience all around. That's so sweet. Uh, do you to have say a- it's a sweet beat. Oh, <laughs> of course you had to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have a specific favorite part about that project or was it all just all super special? Favorite part about the project. I don't know. It was it was overall just fun. I guess maybe one of my favorite parts was um, so like I started working on it prior to COVID quarantine. Mm -hmm. um, and then like we were all kind of trapped in our homes when I finished it. Um, but in our little household, I was able to like play the video and show it to like few people in our little prison and it was like just kind of nice to be able to be like i made this thing you know let's watch it you know that's like one of my favorite things about animation is like making stuff and then showing it to people and everyone getting to watch i know you were talking about covid and obviously covid's affected everyone's lives and obviously our artist careers too were you at cal arts um prior to covid yeah um i mean i think it's the same thing that pretty much happened with other schools where like all of a sudden we got an email and it was like, don't come back to school. <laughs> uh, and we're like, okay. And then we were kind of left in the dark for a little bit. And then they made their announcement that like everything is switching online. Like the, this is the timeline for what's happening. Um, that's it sucks. <laughs> and we're like, okay. And it was very frustrating because obviously I didn't go to school for an, I didn't, I didn't want an online education, right? Um, but it, but it was definitely worse for people who were graduating and had to, you know, they just spent four years at a school and now they get a little zoom graduation. So I definitely didn't have the worst experience, but it was still not nice. And it, it's part of the reason why I did not go back um, mm -hmm. is because I 
I did really bad in the online. Oh, you didn't have the worst experience. I mean, it's still, that's still really shitty, you know? Yeah. And like, obviously, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like when people go to CalArts, they kind of want to experience not only, you know, being on campus, obviously all college students want to experience a cap- campus, but the city too, because it's, it's in LA. So CalArts is in Santa Clarita, which is like, I think it's technically still LA County or actually it might be outside of LA County, Oh, okay. but it's, it's about like 30 minute drive from where all the fun LA stuff is. So, mm-hmm. but. Oh, also you were talking about how like struggling online with classes mm. let me t- when i tell you i was really close to failing a lot of my classes because it's just oh, so yeah. different it's just for i know so many people who are just like they need to see the person do the work and when you have yeah. like a, you're just seeing the screen it's just it's so hard mm-hmm. um and i'm sorry you had that experience and i'm sorry to all students out there who probably had to have that experience it's not fun um but looking at the silver lining in this, what do you think you took out of that? You know, having this unexpected change in your life? Well, it actually, so kind of fast forward like a year after. Um, so through CalArts, I was able to start teaching with CAP, which is called, uh, stands for Community Arts Partnership. It's sort of like this thing they do where they have some of the students and alumni go teach art classes, art and animation classes, and a bunch of other stuff um, to kids that are in like middle school and high school. Um, And so through CalArts, I was able to start teaching with them. And because it was all remote, um, when the school year started, I was still able to keep teaching with them remotely, but it enabled me to be able to move to Seattle. Mm. Uh, So like if 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 I wasn't teaching remotely, right, I would have been locked into LA for a few more months. Uh Um, But I was like, you know, it's remote and it's going to be remote for the remainder of the year. Like now's the perfect time to move because I finally can, everything's remote. So that's the silver lining for me is it kind of gave me that flexibility to not physically be in LA anymore, but still digitally in LA. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I think I appreciate you kind of making that point because I feel like with people who want to get into the art field, I guess specifically like animation, um, those kind of arts, they feel like you need to be remotely in LA. And that's Mm -hmm. not true, I would say. Like there's a lot of people who are like you who are like all over the place and still working, right? Yeah, I definitely think um, LA has its benefits. Obviously being there is great. Like Mm -hmm. I would love to be there, but there's also benefits to living in other places. And there's also opportunities in other places and there's remote work. Like there's a million billion different things you could be doing. You don't necessarily have to be physically there. Nice. How, how is Seattle by the way? It is awesome. I actually really like it. Um, it's been raining a lot as it does. (laughs) Um, but I got to experience like seasons changing for the first time. Like it's, it's fall right now. So all the leaves are orange and it is beautiful. And that just does not happen in Los Angeles. I'm so jealous (laughs) of you. Oh my God. That's what I want. It's so magical. And like, um, the winter kind of sucks, but then spring comes and everything is green and alive again. And it's just magical. Oh, you get to experience the seasons. (laughs) Yes. The passing of time where LA is just stagnant. So. Right. 
literally last week it was 60 at the beginning of the week and then it became 80 at the end so oh my god <laughs> i wish i was you where it was like raining all the time so would you say that having to drop out of cal art sort of set you in motion for your teaching career right now maybe i don't know i wouldn't say that so I feel like I didn't have too much of a choice in dropping out of CalArts because it was like my option was to go back to school and do remote learning or not go back to school. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I really don't want to do remote learning. So I was like, whatever, I'll be done. Um, I was also kind of like at a point where I was like, I'm tired of going to school. I want to just do stuff now. <laughs> like, I don't want to sit in class anymore. Um, and then I feel like teaching sort of, I don't know, it's just kind of in the right place at the right time. Like, I was like, what if, what if I just get a teaching job, like for the time being? Cause I, I, um, had been teaching sort of part-time and mm -hmm. I was like, this is a skill that I have and I like to do it. Um, why don't I see what's available? And it just so happened that DigiPen was hiring and I was like, hi, <laughs> I'm, I'm here now. Can I do this? And so it all just kind of worked out. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that dropping out of CalArts was like the path to teaching. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, typically, you need to finish your degree to teach. <laughs> but I just conveniently like it just worked out in that way. It kind of just sort of placed itself, right? A plan, yeah. a, a path you weren't expecting, but you took. Exactly. Yeah. As we're saying, you are working as an art instructor at DigiPen Institute of Technology. Uh, what has been your favorite part of being an art teacher so far? <laughs> uh, what's my favorite part? I don't know. I mean, it makes me happy to see students making work that makes them happy. Like when something's really cool and they're they're like, what do you think about these things? And I'm like, I think this is really cool. And they're like, I thought it was really cool too. <laughs> like that is the best part to just sort of like get to share that joy. Um, but also like my students are really great. Like they inspire me a lot to sort of just like maintain that like let's let's just draw stuff that's so sweet that's like making my heartstrings get pulled i love that <laughs> yeah it is very fun you kind of touched on that actually in your answer for my next question has being a teacher changed how to create your own work yes uh so <laughs> did you pen's program at least for like one that I'm working with, it's very technical. It's very like, let's draw stuff in accurate perspective and do everything like this, 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 this. So I feel like I'm going through like technical art training boot camp all over again. So I'm kind of like, oh, time to refresh my like foundational skills. Like, I got to draw a Cuban perspective. I can't just clown around and like <laughs> do something silly anymore. I actually have to make good drawings. Um, but it's really nice to sort of like maintain those foundational skills right and then mm -hmm. be able to go in my own work and be like now i have extra sharpened skill set to make this stuff it's also very validating to be like oh hey i i can draw a cuban perspective <laughs> <laughs> i do actually know how to do this right um, gives you kind of like a little 
a good ego boost. Exactly. Like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, now let's, now let's go do the silly stuff. I think it also helps with, I don't know. I don't know if you suffer from this, but like imposter syndrome. Uh, a little bit. My ego is a little inflated, so I don't really feel impostered very much. I usually just fake <laughs> it till I make it and I just roll with it. And it's gotten me this far. I, um, but yeah, I, def I definitely feel like when I get the hint of like, maybe I'm not good at this. And then I actually do the stuff and I'm like, oh, no, I do. I do know how to do this. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and I'm sure your students validate you too. Yeah, I think I have a funny story. We were doing um, freehand ellipses where like they had to draw like 50 ellipses and pick out like the five most perfect ones that were like evenly round and stuff. Um, and they would come up to me and they're like, you know, my ellipses aren't round. How do you do it? And I was like, well, I don't know. And then I just like drew one and it was perfect. And they're like, how did you do that? And I was like, I don't, it, it's just years of practice. That's why I'm making you draw 50. Right. So it's like, I do have that muscle memory that doesn't necessarily exist in high schoolers simply because they don't have the years of training that I have now. <laughs> There's a saying that teachers, I feel like, constantly tell me. And they say, even though you're a teacher, you're still always a student, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I do feel like, um, like I'm not only kind of refreshing the foundational skills, but I'm also gaining new foundational skills. Because I work with uh, three, there's three other art and animation teachers. Uh, so we're always collaborating to like make the material and figure out like what we're going to teach. And I, I learned a lot of stuff from them, right? Like they're like, we're going to do this thing. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know there was like a name for that. Um, so I definitely am learning. I'm refreshing my skills, but I'm also learning a lot of new skills as I go. I'm glad to hear that. Not only based on those new skills that you've obtained, uh, would you say there's one piece of advice you have been given and you've taken and held on to during your artist journey that you would like to share? <laughs> yes. Um, so I did a big silly presentation on the first day of school because this is my like life's, uh, um, I don't know, what's a good word for it? It's my like life mantra as an artist is, uh, make bad drawings. Um, like don't, don't be afraid to make bad drawings, right? Like we have, we have to make the bad drawings in order to make the good drawings. So it's like, you are here in class, you are working, you know, to get better. You have to make the bad drawings first. You got to do it wrong first before you can do it correctly. And it might take you a million billion times to do it, but eventually the good drawings are going to start to come out. Um, so that's, that's my approach to improving as an artist. And it's also what I try to grill in my students' heads every single day. Like, it's okay if it's bad. I'm going to tell you how to make it better and we're going to make it better. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful advice. I love that. Especially for like high school students. I feel like it's super yeah. important, right? Yeah, I feel a lot of um, high schoolers are kind of they can be a little self-conscious where they're like, Oh, like everyone's like, I'm not good at drawing. People draw better than me. I don't know how to do that. And it's like, it's okay. Like whatever, just try your best, make some bad drawings. Let's, let's just work on it. <laughs> so coming back on balancing sort of your work life and your personal life, not just in drawing, 
but it's important to keep, you know, having a social life and mental health, right? Mm-hmm. How important is that to you? And what do you do in order to maintain that balance? Yeah, so um, I feel like a lot of my work, I guess you could say just about all my work is inspired by like things that happen in my daily life, things, things that like are based on my daily life interactions, right? And so if I don't have any daily life interactions to base art off, then what am I drawing? Uh, like that was kind of a problem I had um, a few years ago where I would draw and I would draw and I would draw and it was all just kind of like, meh, like it didn't have anything that it came out of. It was just like, here's some stuff. And it wasn't until I started spending less time drawing actually and more time just living my life and like getting experiences that I was like, Oh, now I have a ton of life experience to draw from literally draw from. (laughs) Um, Right. Uh, And so I, I feel like that's also something I try to maintain now is like putting the time to have fun and like hang out with friends and like go places I want to go and like do things I want to do. And then, sitting down and drawing it. You know, when you're teaching, obviously you want to leave your students with, you know, knowledge and hoping that, you know, they look up to you, that sort of thing. What's one thing you want to leave your students with if you were to leave one piece of knowledge with them before they head out into the world? Um, if I want... Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a toughie. No, it's okay. Um, I feel like my my first thought, which kind of cheesy, but like never give up. (laughs) Like if if you really want something and you really work for it, like it will happen. Um, You just have to put in the hours. You have to put in the bad drawings sometimes. Um, And so I, I feel like that's something that really has driven me in my life is like I'm not particularly great at things but I am very passionate and hardworking, and so eventually I do get good at things um and so I hope that I can like leave all my students with that it's like if you really want to um be an artist or be an animator and do this for the rest of your life like you can you just have to you just have to put in the work and it is totally possible. Follow your dreams. <laughs> that's so sweet. I hope they listen to this. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I want them to hear that. That's amazing. You're an awesome teacher just based on what I'm hearing. It's great. I hope so. I try. <laughs> so you said, you know, obs- observation, essentially, you know, taking life experiences, observing from them and making work based off of that. And I feel like you did a lot of that with your sketchbooking and you are a wonderful person and you give awesome resources specifically on Gumroad. You shared uh, some sketchbooking PDFs of your work. You've also shared um, a handy dandy guide on how to sell convention merchandise. And I think that's such an awesome resource you give to people. Uh, Why do you feel that you should share that stuff with others? Yeah, um, I feel like partially 
little selfish where I'm like, I have all this knowledge. I want to put it in one place. I want to like, <laughs> organize it just so it's all like condensed in one space. Um, but it's also like people are always asking me, they're like, how do you like get stuff made? Like, what do you do about this? What do you do about shipping? What do you like all the stuff that goes into it? And I'm like, oh, let me just write it down so it's all in one place and you can just look at it um, rather than trying to navigate it. Like there's there's already tons of resources out there that exist. Um, my goal when I make my resources is trying to like pull stuff together. Mm-hmm. So it's like, here's like your basic how-to. Like obviously there's tons of places you could do research and get tons of information and you should, but if you're just starting and you don't know where to start like here's a little little seed that we can plant here's your little starting point Um, (laughs) but yeah I actually really want to update that guide because now that I have more experience you know I want to go revise it um but yeah well that's super exciting and I just want to personally thank you for sharing that because for me, someone who's kind of starting wanting to make merch and stuff like that, that guide's been super helpful. So I want to thank you for sharing Yay. that. And I'm excited for that update if it comes. Yeah, I've, I started writing it like a year ago and then I just forgot. So I need to just go back <laughs> and like put it up there. <laughs> make some subtle edits, right? Exactly, yeah. Uh, you know, outside the episode, we were kind of talking and like catching up. And you mentioned you wanted to get back into sketchbooking because, yes. you know, I've noticed with your work, you've done a lot of digital and you've done a lot of funny comics and My Hero Academia fan art, which I love. Don't get me wrong. But you were saying you weren't taking as much time into putting in sketchbooks and you wanted to get back into it. Why is that? Do you kind of want to explain that sort of feeling you have? Yeah. Um, so I feel like when I first started really getting into drawing, like sketchbooking was my core. It was like my main source of making drawings, right? I would just always have a sketchbook anywhere I went and just fill tons and tons of pieces of paper. Um, And then as I started to do more uh, like animation and like freelance work, I kind of drifted away from that because everything's digital, right? And I was like, oh, let's work on these skills. Also, it's nice to have every single color you could possibly imagine at your fingertips. I don't need to, like, carry a bunch of paints or whatever anymore. Um, so I was like, oh, let's let's do more of this. Um, but I'm also, like, I stopped carrying a sketchbook around where I used to have my sketchbook on me all the time, right? So anywhere I was sitting, if I'm, like, on the bus or if I'm, like, eating, I was drawing while I was doing it. And I don't do that anymore, um, partially because I was like, oh, I want to eat and I want to relax. I don't want to think about drawing anymore. But then I realized like there's still little bits of downtime where I'm like, maybe I do want to doodle a little bit. Um, and I can't always have, I mean, I guess I can bring my iPad, but I don't want to like, so it's nice to just have like ye oldie pencil and paper at the like ready. I just, I had to jump in and say, I don't know about you, but I feel like I like sketching better on paper rather than on the iPad. If I want to do like finalized work, I'll go on the iPad, but like sketching, it just, it doesn't feel, I don't know, having that crisp paper and like that graphite yes. pencil, it's just, it feels the, so nice. The texture, you can't yes. like replace the texture. 
like even um, with my iPad, I got like this screen protector that's supposed to feel like paper, but it yeah. just it just gives it like fr- less friction. That's all it does. And yeah, I don't know. I I just I totally emphasize with what you're saying. Yeah. Um, no, there's definitely a difference, and like it's so strange how I used to do like a majority of my work was like traditional or like I would start it traditionally and then do it digitally. And now I've flip flopped, but I want to sort of bring back, like, let's just draw on paper. No more control Z. Let's do it the old fashioned way a little bit. No more control Z. I need that as a sticker. But for me, I'm like, no more double tapping. (laughs) I'm always double tapping on the iPad and you stop doing that. Oh my god, yeah, and like you, when you do the, uh, you'll be like drawing on paper and you instinctively try to like double tap or control Z. The amount of times I've done that is absolutely embarrassing. I won't even say. It, <laughs> it, it just instinct at this point. This is the future that we live in. So we're reaching the end. And usually at the end, I ask some silly rapid fire questions. And uh, I didn't share these with Jack because I wanted his honest quick reactions i told him he it would be easy i don't know about this last question though so we'll we'll see Uh, i want you to ask me to like find the volume of like a cylinder (laughs) or something show your work show your work give me uh the quadratic formula yeah (laughs) okay are you ready i am ready okay pen or pencil Mm, I'm not ready. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, compromise pencil, but with no eraser. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that way you can't, no takesies, backsies, but you still get that nice graphite-like feel. Uh, What about those pens that have erasers? What's your feelings towards that? (laughs) No, if if I'm going to use pen, it's got to be like, cheapest shittiest pen that i like found on the ground like it's got all that ballpoint like goopiness like it doesn't even work right it's like scratchy but if i use pen i want it to be like that i don't like a high quality pen <laughs> those are the best ones though right they, they're just like gritty and good yeah and they kind of like make you compromise your line strokes i don't know i like those yeah, i've, I've been going to daiso a lot and they have really good pens <laughs> So, I haven't been to Daiso in a while, but I am meaning to go. If you come down here, I'll take you. <laughs> <laughs> we will go. I used to, okay, in LA, I lived literally walking distance from a Daiso, so I would go all the time. And now the closest one is like 20 minute drive. So I'm like, eh, I don't want to go. What? Oh, that's a yeah. crime. Yeah. As soon as you come down here, I'm forcing you to go. I'm sorry. You, you have Excellent. to. <laughs> I will restock on all my little goodies. Perfect. Uh, next question, strawberries or blueberries? Oh, strawberries. That's easy. <laughs> oh, okay, good. I was like, ooh, if he says blueberries, it's over. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, fall or spring? I'm going to say spring because I like the sunshine. <laughs> so you can go out for runs? Yes. Fall is a little muddy it's a little groomy gloomy little rainy yeah, yeah. you can take pickles out too exactly yeah in in the spring pickles doesn't get covered in mud and shit and all that. <laughs> does pickles get messy a lot um she doesn't get super messy but like 
I, w- I took her out the other day and it was just pouring. So she, we, oh. she came home and it was like stinky wet dog. <laughs> I hate that. My little old lady, Luna, uh, she's 13. She doesn't really go out. But when she gets wet, it's so gross. Yeah. And it's just like you'll towel her down and she's still wet. And it's like, how do I get rid of this? It's like, I want to pet you, but you're too stinky right now. Yeah, it's just a little gross. A little bit. Next question. Primary or secondary colors? Primary. <laughs> just something I like about... a good uh, cyan, magenta, yellow. Oh, why did I say magenta like that? Cyan, <laughs> magenta, yellow. Cut I like the, the, how that magenta. sounds better. Huh? I like how that sounds better. Oh, then red, yellow, blue. Magenta. Oh, <laughs> magenta. <laughs> I think that should be the new name for that color. <laughs> Maybe. I'll have to start, like, a, a movement. Mm. Okay, so this is a question where you're probably going to want to fight me. Um, for those of you who okay. don't know, Jacques a big My Hero Academia fan. A little bit. Just, just a tiny bit, right? <laughs> and you draw a lot of Bakugo, Deku, and Todoroki, right? Yes. If you were to pick one of those three, who would it be? Like, as a favorite, or like the remainder have to die? <laughs> I was thinking a favorite. Okay. But that I'm one's thinking, fun like, too. <laughs> life or death situation where two of them will never exist again. Oh, man. Um, oh, if I have to pick a favorite. Oh, that is hard. <laughs> I don't know. That's why I draw all three of them. I like all three. Um,. Yes, they are good boys, but I just, I gotta know. Who's your favorite? Probably Bakugo. Mm. Bakugo originally was my favorite, and then the other two were kind of, like, attached. But I, (laughs) yeah, I'll I'll commit with Bakugo, because he's the original favorite. Do you have, like, any favorite side characters? Side characters? Like the rest of, was it Class 1A? Is that who they called? Yeah, okay. So I, uh, outside of the trio. Yeah. Um, I also really like Kirishima, obviously. Oh, he's such a good boy. I love him. <laughs> yeah, those are like my top four. Who else do I like? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Those are my favorite. <laughs> I like all the rest, but I'm not like crazy about them. Thank you for sharing. I don't know. I felt like that was an important question to ask because I feel like. Very relevant. (laughs) Right? And I feel like people who share who their favorites are kind of shows like who they are as a person. You know? Yes. You know, right? I completely understand. I personally, I haven't watched it forever, but I personally really like Denki, Kirishima. Oh, I like Denki too. Denki's so funny. I forgot. I like him. Love it when he's like he does his powers and he goes all stupid. I think it's a funny thing. I know. Thing. I was gonna say he's so stupid. <laughs> That's why he's appealing. I love it. I also really like Nina. Pink she and pink. pink. Yes. And all the girls are really cute. Right. Yeah. I like their designs. I just wish they weren't as revealing. You know. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I like their designs, but I'm also morally conflicted sometimes. Right! (laughs) I'm like, it's not that deep, but decisions were made. Well, Jack, we've come to the end. I want to say thank you so, so very much for joining me today. I had such a blast talking with you. Thank you for having me. It was very fun.
Of course. Well, I'm excited to see you in person someday in the future soon. Yes, I hope so. Soon we will be reunited. Yay, I'm excited. Well, I will see you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Now, before we end this, we had to ask the most important question. What inspires Jack? What inspires his work, him as an artist, and also himself as a person? Well, I'm happy to say that Jack was kind enough to send me a list that he would like me to read off before we ended the episode. In his list, he says his main inspirations are his partner slash fiance Mercedes and all the friends he's made along the way through social media, CalArts, and now living in Seattle. I want to thank Jack again so much for taking the time and catching up with me. This was so much fun and I can't wait to talk with him again in the future. As for where you can find his work, you can find Jack under the name Jackets, spelled J-A-C-Q-E-T-S, on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also find his portfolio and more of his work at his website, jackkirkman.com, spelled J-A-C-Q-K-I-R-K-M-A-N.com. Again, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Inspiration Board. I'll see you next time.